Howdy and welcome to the 10-week Bible study. This is week four, day one of our study of Joshua. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Joshua 9, 1 through 15. Well, welcome back to the 10-week Bible study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. And before we get started, I want to encourage you to remember to read Joshua 10 times in the next 10 weeks. Got seven weeks left here to read Joshua. I really encourage you to do it. It really will transform your life in God and his word. With that, let's go ahead and pray before we start today. Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God. Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to know you more through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. We're reading today from the NIV. This is Joshua 9, starting in verse 1. Now, when all the kings west of the Jordan heard about these things, the kings in the hill country, in the western foothills, along the entire coast of the Mediterranean Sea, as far as Lebanon, the kings of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, they came together to wage war against Joshua and Israel. However, when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to a ruse. I want to pause right there for a second. So we see that uh, after after all of these kings, all of the Canaanite kings, they see the writing on the wall. They've seen they they know what happened forty years ago in the Red Sea. They know what happened to the kings on the east side of the Jordan. Uh, we haven't done a study on Deuteronomy for the 10-week Bible study, but in the book of Deuteronomy, it tells us about the conquest of, of Moses and the Israelites on the east side of the Jordan River. The Lord gives them, the Israelites, land on the east side. They've conquered it already. And what Joshua begins is the conquest on the west side of the Jordan, what we commonly referred to nowadays as the land of Israel, the Holy Land or in, in that day, the, the, the land of Canaan. All of these Canaanite kings, they see the writing on the wall. Jericho's fallen. They've crossed the, the Jordan River. Now Ai has fallen. They just went to Shechem and camped outside of it boldly and had this big ceremony and then went back to Gilgal. And so they're like, we got to do something about this. And so they're starting to mobilize. Um now, the interesting thing here is uh, <clears throat> it, it gives us the impression that they just come and attack Joshua. And that's not really what's happening here, but they are getting ready to mobilize. They're talking with one another and and they're getting ready. And we're going to have a, kind of a, a special little aside. There's one extra day in this study that I'm going to set aside to look at some archaeological evidence and some extra biblical texts and history that we have that I find incredibly fascinating during this time period that we're going to introduce these kings of the Canaanites and what's going on and the, the conflict and and just some, some background information that's going on during this time period that you probably don't normally get in studies of Joshua and that, again, I think are, are very fascinating about what's going on here. But from the Canaanite perspective, they're like, okay, we've got to do something about this. We've got to mount an offensive against these guys or we're going to lose everything. And, and so that's what they're doing. But the people of Gibeon, they see what they did to AI. They know what they've done to Jericho. And, and they're like, we're going to come up with, 
we're going to come up with a solution that's not going to end in us being completely killed and destroyed. So verse four, they resorted to a ruse. They, they went as a delegation whose donkeys were loaded with worn out sacks and old wineskins, cracked and mended. They put worn and patched sandals on their feet and wore old clothes. All the bread of their food supply was dry and moldy. Verse six, then they went to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal and said to him and the Israelites, we have come from a distant country. Make a treaty with us. The Israelites said to the Hivites, but perhaps you live near us. So how can we make a treaty with you? Verse eight, we are your servants, they said to Joshua. But Joshua asked, who are you and where do you come from? Verse nine, they answered, your servants have come from a very distant country because of the fame of the Lord, your God. For we heard the reports of him, all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, Sihon, king of Heshbon and Og, king of Bashan, who reigned in Ashtoreth. And our elders and all those living in the country said to us, take provisions for your journey. Go and meet them and say to them, we are your servants. Make a treaty with us. The bread of ours was warm when we packed it at home on the day that we left to come to you. But see now how moldy it is. Let's pause for one second and let's get an idea of the lie that they're telling here. Let's look at the map and see what's going on. And again, if you're listening to this, not watching this on YouTube, as most of you are, uh, you can find these at 10weekbible.com or I encourage you to watch a little bit of the YouTube video and you'll see these maps here. So on the map, we have got, they are camped at Gilgal down here. Now you can see AI and you can understand the relationship here, why the Gibeonites are upset because they've just destroyed AI next, right? They destroyed AI and then they came back and camped at Gilgal. The Gibeonites saw what happened at AI and so they're not far. This is a day's journey at best. And so they come up with this ruse, this lie to say, hey, we're from a very long way away and look how far away we are. We've got, you know, our clothes were new, our bread was fresh, you know, and it took us so long to get here. That's kind of the state of, of affairs that we're in right here make a treaty with us. We don't have a beef with you. They understand. They know what the Lord has told the Israelites that all of the land of Israel is theirs outside. It's not theirs. They can't have it. They can't attack these people. And they have heard these stories. They know exactly what the Lord has promised them through Moses. So they're saying we're outside of the land that's been promised to you, but like we want to be on the same team here. We want to to make an alliance with you. And again, on the, the day here in a few weeks, when we kind of take a moment away from the scripture itself and look at some extra biblical things, we're going to talk about this because there are a lot of alliances going on here. In fact, the entire land of Canaan is a vassal state to Egypt. The Canaanite kings that are reigning in Israel at this time, they are not independent rulers. They don't have their own city-state nations. They are all paying tribute to Pharaoh in Egypt during this time. And I think there's some good reasons for that. And we'll talk about that in a few weeks. But right now, they're like, there's, there's war going on. The Israelites are taking over. And so there's a whole bunch of alliances and allegiances that are shifting. There's a bunch of fear. There's, this is just chaos. The Israelites are creating chaos in this land right now. 
And the Gibeonites are trying to seize on that. All right, let's continue. Verse 13. And these wineskins that we filled were new, but see how cracked they are. And our clothes and our sandals are worn out by the very long journey. Verse 14. The Israelites sampled their provisions, but did not inquire of the Lord. Then Joshua made a treaty of peace with them and let them live. And the leaders of the assembly ratified it with an oath. So this is a big deal. Verse 14, our author here says that the Israelites, they, they, they're like, okay, yeah, we see that all of this stuff is old. The bread's moldy and your clothes are worn out. There must have been a long journey. And they didn't ask the Lord, Lord, what do you think? Should we make a treaty with them? And this is just, this is so important, right? Even Joshua, after coming into this land, after all of the successes they've already had, he doesn't ask the Lord. He just takes them at their word. And this is a big deal. If they had asked the Lord, the Lord would have spoken to them about this and said, no, these guys are not from far away. They're from close. Remember our map. They're right there. This is all in the same region. They're not from very far away. And, and so if they had asked the Lord, he would have told them, don't do this. Do not do this. But they didn't ask the Lord. And so they make this treaty. And then Joshua goes as far as to having all of the assembly, essentially the, the leaders, the, the heads of the family clans and all of these people, they ratify this oath and say, yes, we will make a treaty with you. We will not attack or kill you. You're not. We have no qualm with you. We have no business attacking you based on what you've told us. Now, what they told them was a lie. They weren't from a distant, uh, a long away, a far away land. And so in kind of our modern understanding, any contract made on, on false pretenses would be null and void the way that Americans, modern Westerners view contracts like this. But we're going to see that Joshua, even though this deal was made on false pretenses, Joshua is going to honor it. And in fact, this, this covenant, this contract with them, this peace treaty with them, even though it was made on false pretenses, it is going to stand until the time of Saul. And Saul is going to destroy, decide to try and kill these people. And the Lord is going to take this treaty so seriously that the Lord is going to punish Paul or Saul, excuse me, for generations after he's even dead, a couple generations, because of the sin of him trying to wipe out the Gibeonites when Joshua had made this treaty with them. All right, that's all that we have for today. I'm really excited. As we start getting into this, we're going to see the, the, the path of the conquest. The next couple of chapters are really, really fascinating. I love Joshua 9 and 10. And then some of the extra biblical stuff we're going to start seeing in here is also incredibly fascinating. So I encourage you to, to hang with us here. Keep reading the book of Joshua 10 times over these 10 weeks. And I really do believe that the Lord will bless you and you will get just a greater wealth of knowledge, but also uh, I believe that the Lord will just knit your spirit with his as you read his word over and over. For the 10-week Bible study, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.